moment, I, I want to talk about um, the God of generations. Uh, many times throughout the Bible, if you're a, a Bible student or you read the Bible, you, you'll, you'll find this statement that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and... Do, do, did you realize that that is over and over and over again in the Bible? It's over 20 different times that God declares that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why would God say that over and over? Why would God want you to know that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Because God is trying to communicate to his people that he's a God of generations. That he's not just the God of Abraham, but he's the God of Abraham's son, Isaac. And that he's a He's the God of, of, of Isaac's son, Jacob. Right. And that's a whole nother message. It's not Israel. God changed his name to Israel, but God kept his name Jacob. When God identifies himself, he identifies himself as a God of Jacob, who was, Jacob was all messed up. In other words, what God is saying, you could be all messed up and I could still be right. your God. Good. Woo! So, so, so it's interesting to me that God communicates that I am the God of generations. God wants us to understand as a church that it's not just about you. Yeah. But it's about you and your children and their children's children. God is a God of generations. Have you ever wondered why God chose Abraham? Think about it, out of all the people on the face of the earth at that time, out of every ethnicity that he could have chose from, God finds a man in the Middle East by the name of Abraham. Was not even, he was worshiping the moon. He was worshiping other gods. And God finds a man by the name of Abraham and makes a covenant with him. And it's out of Abraham that he has become the father of all of us, the father of faith it would be it would be the seed of Jesus that would come from 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 that choice that God made in choosing Abraham what why would why would God choose Abraham well we don't have to wonder the Bible's very clear why God chose Abraham and I want to read it here in Genesis 18 19 he says I've chosen him for a reason namely that he will carefully instruct his children hmm and his household to keep themselves strong in relationship yeah. to me and to walk in his ways. Why, do God, why does God choose the people he chooses? Because they're not just living life for themselves. Right. Good. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the reason why he chose Abraham is because Abraham was generationally minded. Yeah. For a church to be successful, we have to be generationally minded. For, for your life to be a success, you have to be generationally, if you want God's help, yep. you want God's blessings, you gotta, if, oh, if you want God to pick you, it can't just be about you. You gotta be generationally, you gotta be generationally minded. God knew that Abraham would do something about the next generation. He knew that he would take the word of God and the ways of God and pass it on to the next generation. I want you to think about it because because some of you, you, you really don't care about the next generation. All you care about is your blessing. Can, can I give you a secret today? Not only did God choose Abraham because he had a heart for the next generation, 
But the most blessed man in all of the Bible was Abraham. God made him very rich, very wealthy. Yeah. And the reason why is because Abraham yeah. was generationally minded. You want to see God bless your life? So good. Quit trying to work so yeah. hard to do it. Quit, quit thinking about yourself. Yeah. Get your eyes on not just your children, but yeah. the next generation round about you. Yeah. You want to see God take your life to a whole nother level? Start dreaming about this next generation, living and serving it, and what your part is in that, in helping this generation to live and serve. So good, very good. They're God. Yep. I know I'm preaching. That's good. That's who we are here yeah. at Celebration. We're generationally minded. Because when you're generationally minded, God chooses you. God blesses you. David, we all like David, right? King David. We all talk about King and how great he was. Some of you, he's, he's your Bible hero. But did you know that David, one of the keys of his life is he was generationally minded? Let me see. Let me show you. And, that, and this is what we're doing just before we pray. I'm just trying to get this in your heart that that God is generationally, because a lot of us, things aren't working for us. And the reason why they're not working for us is because we got to get what's on God's mind on our mind. His ways are not our ways, right? So, so we got to transition our thinking. If we want God's blessings in our life, if we want God's helps in our, in our life, we got to get on the same page as God. And, and, and this is what David knew about God. And this is what he told God. He said in Psalm 71, he says, God, you have taught me since I was a young boy. And this day I've told people about this wonderful, about the wonderful things you do. And then verse 18, it says, now that I'm old and my hair is gray. Apparently they didn't have any just for men back then. <laughs> he says, now that I'm old and my hair is gray, don't leave me, God. I must tell the next generation about your power greatness. If you was to ask me, what is, what is the one life ministry verse that drives you? Uh, verse 18 would be it. I want to read it again. In fact, it's in my office. My, my daughter made me, she, she, she makes me these things as just triggers to remind me about my assignment and remind me about what God has spoken. David said, now that I'm old, my hair is gray. Don't leave me, God. I must tell the next generation about your power and greatness. Here's one translation that really brings it home. One translation says, Lord, grant me another day that I might awaken this generation to know you. That's my prayer. That should be your prayer. That should be the prayer of celebration. God, 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 let me just live another day. Awaken me, oh God, that I might live another day to awaken this generation to know yeah. my God. Yeah. David said, Lord, when I was young, I declared your works. And now that I'm getting over, getting older, don't leave me because yeah. I want to keep teaching this next generation. Very good. You have room for one more? Psalm 78. We're commanded to be generationally minded. Psalm 78, the psalmist tells God's people this, we'll not keep them from our children. We will tell the next generation, say the next generation, next generation. about the Lord's power and his great deeds and the wonderful things he has done so that the next generation, yep. 
the next generation. God is concerned about the next generation. If you want to be a blessed people and a blessed church, you got to get the next generation in your heart. So that the next generation might learn them and the turn should tell their children. And this way they'll also will put also they will put their trust in God and not forget what he has done. God wants it to go from generation to generation. You want another one? I think you need another one. It's all through the Bible. I could wear you out all day long showing you this principle. Some of you have never heard this truth. In Psalm 79 verse 13, we are commanded to be generationally minded. It says, so we, your people, hello, the sheep of your pasture will give you thanks forever. We will declare and publish we will declare and publish why do we have need of new facilities and schooling and training and equipping so that we can declare and publish your praise from what generation to generation it says your people it's talking about the church it didn't say preachers this this says you god's people god's people have an assignment to declare god's goodness to the next generation. Yep. You want another one? <laughs> Psalms 145 verse 4. Yeah. One generation after another generation will celebrate your great works. Yep. They'll pass on the story of your powerful acts to their children. Every generation has a responsibility to tell the next generation. Yep. And when you do it, God's blessing comes upon yeah. you. How, how do I know that? Because Malachi tells us that. Yep. In Malachi chapter 4, you've been around this church very long. You know we, this, this, we live by this verse. In Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, notice what it says. And this is a whole sermon teaching here, so I'll just put it out there. won't be able to cross all the T's or dot all the I's. But notice what it says here. It says, this is a prophecy. This is the last thing that is said in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. And then after God says what he says here, God doesn't say anything else for 400 years. God goes silent. Here's what he said, the last words in the Old Covenant, Old Testament. He said, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers. Now notice, what if this doesn't happen? God says, I'll tell you what's going to happen if this doesn't happen lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. How do we get the blessing in our life? The older turns their heart to the younger. And God says if we'll be generationally minded, it'll cause the next generation to turn to us, and then together we will do kingdom business upon the earth. It's not about one generation or just the next generation. It's about all generations. Most churches live and die within one generation. Most churches never are the churches of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Celebration, we are a church of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. From generation to generation to generation to when we're dead and gone, the the things that God has established in the foundation of this church should live on from generation to generation to generation. That's the blessing. 
just, just a side note, and I know I'm preaching that. Can't believe that you're letting me do this. This is huge. Because 400 years goes by, God doesn't say anything. But when God starts talking, he starts talking in Luke chapter 1. And you know what God starts talking about? He starts talking about what he said here 400 years earlier. He says, I didn't mean Elijah would come back. He said, but I would send the spirit and the power of Elijah. And Elijah is the John the Baptist that will prepare the way for the first coming of the Lord. But if you understand anything about prophecy here in Malachi, this is a twofold prophecy. It's not just about John the Baptist. It's about the second coming of the Lord because he says, he says right here, he says, behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's the second return that has not happened. It's a great day for believers because we're out of here. Thank you, Jesus, right? It's a dreadful day for those that don't know Jesus because judgment comes upon their life. God says in Luke, he defines what he was saying. He said, that spirit comes to prepare the way of the Lord. In fact, it's coming in John the Baptist that will prepare the first coming of the Lord. How many know that Jesus already came as a baby, did his life in ministry, died upon a cross to forgive us of our sins, and then he went back to the right hand of the Father, but he's coming again. It's called the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're sooner there than we've ever been. And he said, the spirit of Elijah would come upon a people before the first coming and before the second coming. The Spirit has to come upon people. What is the Spirit? It's, it's the Spirit and the power of Elijah. Why Elijah? Because Elijah was a spiritual daddy in Scripture that passed his anointing to another generation. Remember, it was a double portion that came upon his spiritual son, Elisha. And God says, you want the success of a church that is doing great things in the earth? It is a church that operates in the spirit of Elijah. It is a church of generation to generation to generation that they take their anointing and they put it on the next generation and they take their anointing and they put it on the next generation and they take their anointing and put it on the next generation. And God says, if you do this, you get a blessing. Right. But if you live for yourself, you get a curse. Yeah. Celebration, we are generationally minded. Yeah. I know I took a lot of time to share all that. Why would we pause and say, hey, we're going to have a prayer meeting this morning. We're going to lay hands on the next generation yeah. because this is absolutely, Very good. absolutely yeah. so important. So important that I hope when you start praying, you see yourself as a minister of the gospel that will help us pray for these sons and daughters. Yes. That you wouldn't run that way, that you would stay, stay locked in until we lay hands on every student, every teacher, every person involved in the school district because that is yep. the heart of yep. God. And when you do that, Abraham, guess what? Abraham walks in blessings so that good. nobody yep. else is walking in. Amen. How many of you hear that? You see yes. that today? Yes, yes, yes. So, so what am I saying? I'm just trying to show you in your Bible that God is a God of generations. Now, how does that practically play out? How can we, how can, in a church, how can we give that an application? That's where my wife's going to help me. Um, I think real quickly in Psalms 127, verse number three, it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. I know sometimes you question that, right? <laughs> Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He won't be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gate. 
I love how God says that. He says, children are a gift from the Lord. They're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. And in this room, I know there are parents. I know that there are grandparents. I know there's aunts, uncles, caregivers. Even those of you who don't have biological children of your home, but you of your own, but you are around children. Children you come in contact with every day. Maybe your nieces and nephews, your friends' kids. We all have a responsibility to use our influence to, to aim them in a God direction. It's not our responsibility to make them hit a certain target. The Bible says we're just supposed to aim them in the direction that they should go. I think sometimes we as parents take on the responsibility of making sure they hit the target. That's not our responsibility. God takes over that responsibility. Our responsibility is just to aim them. Proverbs 22, six says this, train up a child in the way that he should go. I like the way the Amplified says, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And it says, even when he's old, he won't depart from it. So how do we launch the arrow? How do we aim and give direction to the arrow? How do we train up the children in our life, the next generation that's around us? I believe that we do this two ways. One way is through our words. We train up, we build up, we aim in the right direction through our words. All through the book of James, it talks about how our words give direction to our lives. Proverbs 18:21 says the tongue has power over life and death. Those who indulge in it must eat its fruit. The words you speak are like seeds and they produce something. So how do we launch or aim this next generation in the way that they should go through our words? It's us saying you are a leader. You follow after the things of God. You are kind. You are a good listener. You're faithful. You're obedient. You are smart. You are an achiever. You are excellent. You produce great things. Everything you touch is blessed. Can I tell you they're already hearing enough negative words at school, how stupid they are, dumb they are, how they don't fit in, they don't have the cool stuff. It's up to us with every child that comes into our sphere, our world. Make it our mission to speak life and encouragement and increase and blessing in their life. Because if you speak those words of life into them, they will grow. Now granted in this room, there are some of you who your children have been labeled with things. Oh, my kid has ADHD. My kid is on the autism spectrum. My kid is failing in this area. My kid is not like everybody else. Your kid's not supposed to be every, like everybody Come else, on. first of all. Come on. But let me tell you, your words can be, bring change and life into your Come child. Yeah. This is what I believe. As we're laying hands on them when they walk through this, this line, if there's anything out of order, it's my belief that it will come back in order. Spiritually, physically, socially, mentally, uh, whatever they're made up, their little makeup, God has created them to take over their generation and share the love of Jesus and bring light to their generation. 
And so we believe that when we lay hands on them, that's, that's what's going to happen. The second thing is through our actions, with our words and with our actions. You can speak all day long, but if your actions, right? They say your actions speak louder than your words. Yeah. We need to make sure that we are living lives that can be followed. That we are living lives of integrity, character, perfection, no. But a heart after God, yes. Psalms 112 says, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who fears the Lord with awe-inspired reverence and worships him with obedience, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants, our next generation, will be mighty on the earth. If we honor God, if we seek after God's purpose, if we delight to do the will of the Lord, the Bible's promise, God's promise, is our descendants will be mighty on this earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. That's our part. It's our it's who part. we are. It's who we are. Yep. Recently, I was sharing with our staff last couple of months that some of the main ministry cultures of our church. There's there's five main ministry cultures. There's other, you know, others that we would have or core values that we'd have, but. There's, there's five main ministry cultures, and that being that we are a word church. Mm-hmm. We, we, we believe in the authority of God's word. And I was teaching them how we're going to double down on that. And, the, and that's the reason why even this summer I preach really, really big time on the authority of God's word. We're doubling it because that's our DNA. This is what God blesses. When me and Sheree moved here in, in the 90s to start this church, these are the things God put in our heart. And I begin to talk to them about we're a prayer culture. Yep. So I guess we have to double down on that. We're going to need to pray. Yep. It's funny how uh, people say, yeah, we're people of prayer, but when's the last time you prayed? All right. I woke up, I saw our staff the other night. I woke up just, I mean, just like out of a dead sleep. And it startled me. And I heard the voice of the Lord, not, a, not an audible voice, but right up out of my spirit like I was in a dream or it says, you have not because you ask not. It's a scripture. A lot of us say we pray, but when's the last time you actually asked God for something? When's the last time you said, God, God, I'm in pain. Can you heal me of this pain? Or, or you just stay quiet. And I know we had prayer time over last Tuesday morning. I noticed we were just kind of all quiet. It's like, Hey, did anybody ask anything? See, a lot of times we don't ask because, well, God already knows, but he said you have to ask him if you, you have not because you, guess what? We're going to close today. We're going to be asking God for some things. We're going to ask God for protection. We're going to ask God for potential. And then I've been telling our our staff about, you know, we're a praise and worship culture. Means we've got to double down on that. We need more worship around here. We need more praise or we need to have nights where we just come together and we just have worship nights come on come on could anybody that's who we are i believe the sound of this house needs to go to the four corners of the earth i believe god is going to raise up the sound and the song out of this house come on he needs more than what we have in the earth he's going to raise this sound up with an authenticity and it's going to touch the four corners of the earth and then i talked about we're a we're a health and healing culture 
health and healing in every area of our life, not yeah. just physical, but Good. financial too. Yeah. And then the fifth major one is that we're a generational culture. It's not just about me, but it's about generations. Those are the things we're doubling down on. And so we have very intentionally today to, to, to bring clarification, take this opportunity to say, hey, if you don't really know who we are, this is a major part of who we are. And for you just to take it lightly means that you missed the whole ship. For, for, for us to take a moment and say, we're going to pray for our kids, it's an absolute huge deal. Yeah. It's so much so that when we start praying for them, I hope you get fire in your eyes, even on the back row to say, God, I pray for them. I declare goodness. I pray for that family. I pray for that home. No abuse will touch them. No disaster will touch them. Very good. Because God is looking yeah. for that in a church. It wasn't just the preacher. It was all people. You have an assignment here before we dismiss you and send you on, send you on your way to your, yeah. your brunch. Good. We're going to pray Good. for this next generation. Good. And we're going to pray, come on, for some teachers. Good. And by doing that, we're going to make a transition and allow the kids to come in. And I'm asking, because uh, we, we need to do this with security in mind, but we're going to go back into a worship song here. We're going to give you an opportunity to, to give, to bring your, your envelopes to the front, to take communion, to go on your technology and to, and to give, and give in this moment. I really want to encourage. If, if you don't do it in this moment, you're going to forget. You may have good intentions here, but good intentions is not getting anything done. So in this moment of our worship, we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. And what we're going to be asking you to do is, 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 is people, people not moving around, going out. We're going to be bringing the kids in. And we need you to kind of stay put for security reasons until we get all of, our, stu all of our, our, our kids in here. They're going to be lining up over here. And then if you would, please, just to honor this moment, if you believe in what we've taught. We wrote, I didn't preach another sermon. I know I preached the sermon. But I didn't preach another sermon and then give another sermon and then give another sermon. This is a huge deal. Yeah. And honestly, you're, you're, you're valuing this moment as a huge thing with God. You know, I know people get, they understand, I get kind of frustrated when people dart out and leave early. Why? Because it's in the end of services that application happens. And for you to take that lightly and, and just could care less what God's doing with somebody else is just undermining what God wants to do in your own life. And if you know anything, anything about scriptures, honor is everything with God. God's looking for your honor. God's looking for your respect. And so we're going to let the children come through, and then we're going to let the, 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 the youth and the college and the, any, any kind of student, we're going to pray for them. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray over your offering, and we're going to go back into communion. And uh, how many of you know God's a God of generations? Do you believe that? Can, can, I be, can I be really honest with you? I had to come to a place in my life where I said, Randy, it's not about you. And if you, if you were really honest with yourself, much of the time, it's about me. Look at all your selfies you take. <laughs> we live in a generation where it's all about us. But with God, yeah. the mission of the church it's from generation yeah. to generation. My heart, my heart bleeds for this next generation. God, grant me just one more day. Because yeah. if they don't get it, 
It happened in the Bible after Joshua's generation. The, the Bible says there was a strange generation. God called them a strange generation that did not know their God. No, not so. Not so with us. Come on, not so with our children. Our children will know the Lord. And, and the reason why I'm taking this moment is celebration. I'm doing, I'm, doing some, I'm doing some foundational work here today. We are a generationally driven church. It's, it's how we eat, sleep, and breathe. It's who we are. That's why we're asking you to give into our legacy. Why? Because we're preparing for the next generation. In fact, talking about legacy, we're believing for $3 million to come in so we can get property we can start building. As many of you know, our, our time is coming to a quick close on this facility and what we've chosen to do with this facility. And, and uh, we, we just believe it's in our, the cards that God has bigger and better. And uh, we're needing about $3 million to secure some land. Anybody? I, I didn't say you have to give it. Anybody in faith believing God? <laughs> Come on. Because we got schools to build. Come on. We got ministry schools to build. We got, oh, I'm, I'm done. Oh, come on. We're going to build some. My wife has tried to get me to start a school of this church for years. After what the nonsense I've heard about the last couple of years, I'm ready. We're starting a school. We will start a school. We will say it's enough. I ain't going to pass my, this next generation off to some. Oh, so you get me going. I better be, be nice here. This is big. God's a God of generations. Celebration, we're a people of generations. That's the reason why we bring in our tithe and we're bringing our offering and we're giving above and beyond so that this next generation can hear about the love and the power of God. When you're in heaven celebrating with your family on earth from generation to generation, come on, the word of God will still be being declared and preached, not only in this valley, but around the world. All right, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout oh yeah. How many of you would give the $3 million if you had it? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 